Movies, and a rap. This piece is banging, y'all! Movies, and a rap. And a rap. And a rap. Movies, movies. Move, move, movies, and a rap. Yes, you are very welcome back to Movies and a Rap, where we talk movie news, reviews, what's new, and we finish with a 60-second rap. I'm your host, Alex Gogarty, and you're very welcome to episode three. Welcome to the show. We are back. We are bringing Doug back. The Hangover reference, 2009, very current. I mentioned in the first episode of this show that The Hangover was rebranded in France as very bad trip like not even in French it was rebranded to the English words very brand tri- very bad trip and my friend Lisa Munia got in touch a couple of weeks ago with another example she mentioned that um, another one was Step Up the movie Step Up was renamed Sexy Dance in French speaking countries Sexy Dance I love that maybe it's the same guy it's like some French producer who's like no 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 we do not translate into French we just give the people what they want in English what is this film if not a sexy dance? And he's, he's right, to be honest, it's true. It's good to be back, hope everyone's keeping well. Speaking of the hangover, I have given up drinking for a month. And it's going well. I mean, eight days in, it's not particularly long. But um, uh, just as a challenge, you know. And it's, it's sad that that's a challenge, but it is. Uh, and I'm feeling good. Feeling sexy. <laughs> but no, I'm not feeling sexy at all, but I feel good. I will, be, I will drink again on the 9th of April, which... I assume you all know, of course, is my birthday. You all obviously have have it in your diaries. We're obviously going to party. The restrictions here in Ireland hopefully loosen on the 5th of April. So whatever way that manifests itself on the 9th of April, I will have myself a tipple. And um, I hope you disembodied voices will join me. What are we doing today? We're not here to talk about me, even though that's what I do for 80% of this podcast. We're here to talk about films. So the sections, as per usual, we're going to start with some movie news, including some very interesting gender neutral developments from the Berlin Film Festival and a couple of bits of casting in different series and films. We're going to review Behind Her Eyes, the Netflix series, or at least the first two episodes of it. And I care a lot, the film we're going to review as well. And have a have, we're going to chat about some new releases to streaming. And of course, we're going to finish with a wrap. But before we do that, we are going to read a couple of letters. What's with all these letters, man? Okie dokie, I asked to keep the messages and emails coming in, and you certainly did. So as always, you can email in to moviesandarap at gmail.com or uh, you can email the Instagram account moviesandarap.com on instagram so we'll start with failed rugby star and close friend paul durham paul thanks for getting in touch hi alex paul writes long time listener brackets about 10 minutes before i had to turn the podcast off and first time emailer brackets and probably my last dot 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 but still a fan interesting two insults in the first line so it's a good start thanks paul firstly really enjoying the podcast doesn't sound like you are it's a really unique idea a guy between the ages of 25 and 35 launching a podcast to chat about movies and film wow yeah no you know i am i am glad you got in touch but it's just like why are you being so mean i have two questions for you paul writes if you'll be so handsome and kind as to answer them ah that's more like it one if you were to cast yourself as any superhero across all the movie franchises who would you choose and why would it be the anton ego the food critic in ratatouille haha <laughs> but seriously who would it be incredibly random but a good question of course i am a big superhero fan i would probably choose to be superman not because he has the best powers or whatever he's invincible but like just purely for the clout so like i could just tell people i'm superman that would be quite cool (laughs) 
like you know when you meet people and they like everyone has that conversation oh, so what are you up to now it's so boring it's like oh yeah i just started in kpmg or oh yeah no i'm just i'm just actually looking for a job at the moment and then people would ask you so what are you up to and i would just be like yeah i'm uh, i'm superman <laughs> that would be quite cool <laughs> or what is i don't know like someone says oh yeah no actually yeah i'm just in my third year in goldman sachs oh cool cool yeah and they'd like they say what about you uh oh, i'm uh, i'm superman yeah do you know you know you know like the most famous hero in the history of pop culture uh i am him he's actually who he is actually who i am currently so yeah that's kind of what i do that would like you can't beat that so that'd be my answer there for you paul it would be uh superman and he had another question ireland's stella theater was named one of the world's 20 most beautiful cinemas all right paul i thought this was an email not a bloody blog start your own podcast what are your thoughts on the stella experience have you been and are you a lone cinema goer are you a complete loner again just a little bit on the insulting side and also that's definitely at least three questions i'll start on the stella interesting you mentioned paul so i remember when the stella was not the beautiful cinema it used to be called the flea pit back in the day when i was a child and for many years i'm sure before that and it was literally a flea pit like there were fleas there it was falling apart i remember i'm pretty sure i was one of the last people that that attended a showing of it it was i think maybe my eighth birthday party and we went to see troy and my dad brought like everyone in our class and there was i remember there being one other guy there like just a man there watching it on his own and then he left after like five minutes because we were all going crazy like running around the place i remember someone going up and literally peeling off the screen like like peeling off a panel of the screen and uh and yeah closed down not long after that <laughs> but i have been i've been only once to when it was to its refurbished edition it is nice but like it's a bit boring it's a bit too nice to be honest like we sat i went with my my roommate girlfriend and we sat in like these really big armchairs that are almost like beds and i did i fell asleep i I did fall asleep there the film was shite anyway excuse my language it was the old man and the gun with robert redford is that it so yeah i mean it's a nice it's a nice experience but i i'm not no rush to go back my favorite cinema is the swan center the odeon cinema and that leads nicely into your next question if you could call it that Paul, which was, are you a loner and do you go to cinema on your own? I'm not a loner. No, traditionally, quite a social guy. I've been to the cinema on my own only once. And that was actually this Christmas. I went to see Wonder Woman 1984 in the Odeon in uh, Rath in the Swan Centre. And I enjoyed it. It was great. It was like, I watch films on my own anyway all the time. So it was just like watching a film on my own, but in on a much bigger screen. But I was a little bit embarrassed because I'd be quite vocal when I watch films, like even on my own. Like I gasp at things and like, like and I laugh a lot. So I might be very, even if it's bad film I still I emote quite a lot which is fine when you're on your own in the comfort of your own home but I was on my own in a cinema with other people there and there was a group of not even youths I'd say they were about my age in their like late 20s like guys and girls clearly they're a big group of them as friends and I was watching I was a couple of rows in front of them it was like halfway through when like some kind of sadish moment occurs I mean as Wonder Woman the film it's like it's hardly the biggest tearjerker but I was like oh like <laughs> out loud and I could hear them laughing behind me because in that instance, yes, I was a I was a massive loser and a loner. But most of the time, no, no, I would not be. But Paul, thank you, I suppose, for getting in touch with your letter. Next up on the Instagram, we have Rowan Walsh. Thanks for getting in touch, Rowan. Hello, Mr. Mar, M-A-A-R, all capitalized. That might might catch on. Great work on the show so far. I'm a very proud brother at the moment. After listening to the latest episode, Rowan is referring to his brother Rex Walsh, who emailed in last week with the uh, very original tits message. I feel obliged to tell you that Drake refers to Toronto as The Six, and 3-6 Mafia is the name of a rap group from Memphis. I did last week confuse what I thought 
I knew Drake referred to Toronto as something. I thought it was 3-6 Mafia. Obviously, I was wrong. It's the six. Uh, apologies to all Torontonians. Rowan goes on. On another note, you've berated Pixar for lack of imagination with their movie titles, which is fair enough. However, you've then proceeded to rant and rave about Lost and Prison Break without touching on the lack of imagination with the titles Lost and Prison Break. Propaganda. A couple of things here, Rowan. One, I don't think propaganda is, is the right word there. You probably mean mean to say I'm a hypocrite or hypocrisy, unless you think that I somehow have some agenda where I need to promote Lost and Prison Break specifically, in which case it is propaganda, so unfounded. I don't know, praise on these titles. Not the case. Also wrong in that, yes, there's lack of imagination with Lost and Prison Break, but they're isolated instances. Now, if the creators of Lost created another show about criminals and called it crime, and then created another show about, I don't know, a cheese factory and called it cheese or dairy, then yeah, I would be absolutely lampooning them as much as I did Pixar. But they haven't. So, and they're much better. Well, no, they're not. I don't know. But you are wrong. So (laughs) there you go. But thank you for getting in touch, Rowan. And I hope you're well. That is all the letters for this week. I would love your feedback, guys, about the structure of the show as well. If you'd like to get in touch, do you like the letters at the start? Do you dislike the letters or like the letters in general? Should I get rid of them? Should I read more? Should I put them at the end? I'm thinking of putting them at the end. I don't know. Um, Let me know. And I'd love to hear feedback. And let's go to the next section, which is we're going to talk about some news. News, news, news. Okay, guys, a couple of interesting tidbits here for you. So the first and top news of the day, I mentioned it at the start of the show. The Berlin Film Festival awarded the first gender-neutral acting prize, or at least its first gender-neutral acting prize to Marlon Eggert. This is this is on the BBC, actually. So the Berlin F- Film Festival is an annual film festival in, you guessed it, Berlin. Potentially more prestigious than Cannes. Cannes would be a bit flashier, but Berlin is extremely highly regarded. And so last year they announced, or last August, that they're going to merge the male and female acting category and then just uh, just award a best actor. And so the first instance of that occurred last week. And Marlon Eggert, who's a German actress, she won for, or Marina Eggert, I should say, for her performance as a museum, museum researcher in the sci-fi comedy I'm Your Man. This is really interesting because I know, is this is this a sign of the future? I, I'm, I, I don't know, but it's been praised by couple of industry insiders like Kate Blanchett and Tilda Swinton. What I, what I find quite intriguing about it is it's it's definitely very progressive and I like it a lot. However, it, it, it when you boil it down mechanically, it does have the amount of awards being given out each year. So do, do we necessarily want that? Like I like, well, I personally like seeing multiple different acting awards, two for best actor slash actors or best actor, uh, two for supporting. So maybe they could introduce two like gender neutral awards i'm not sure would that kind of would that really make sense i suppose no because then who would be the top dog the, the kind of nuance here is at the moment if you are whatever you identify as you can win an award in that category if it's male or female how so it's 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 where the current structure is progressive enough in that sense but if you don't identify as gender if you if you're gender neutral then how, in what way in where, where do you find yourself so it's a tricky one but it's interesting and then as i was reading about this what i found i was like oh that's that's fair enough like berlin's quite quite progressive good to know that they're kind of you know breaking down boundaries and then i read that the first general gender one of the first gender neutral prizes of on a major scale was actually awarded by mtv in 2017 for emma watson to emma watson for best big screen actor they called it in beauty and the beast so mtv what is this 1991 Blazing the trail again. Blazing, blazing the trail. MTV, you're, you're trailblazers. So it's a precedent currently and and being promoted and set. It's good. I think it's a good thing. But, you know, it's not perfect. But nothing is. 
Nothing is in this life. Hot take, hot take, first hot take of the day. Next piece of news. This is actually, but this is a bit self-indulgent. It's, it's not really movie news per se, as it's kind of more celebrity news. It's about Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's divorce. But I was just hit, I was sucker punched with, with the clickbait on this one. This is from Cinema Blend, one of the many reputable sources where I get my news. And the headline, tell me you wouldn't have clicked on this. Angelina Jolie sells insanely expensive gift from Brad Pitt as divorce proceedings continue. Now, I hate being a sucker for clickbait, but yet I 85% of the time am. I always click on them. Then 85% of those times I'm disappointed. This time I wasn't. So Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are getting divorced. That's not the news. (laughs) I'm not that behind the times, guys. But this particular article describes how Jolie sold this gift. And so as I read in the article, it was a painting gifted to her by Brad entitled The Tower of the Kutobia Mosque and was actually painted by the late British Prime Minister Winston Churchill in 1943. Churchill. So interesting enough, that on its own. But as I read on, I was informed that Brad bought the piece for $2.95 million in 2011. Jolie, Angelina Jolie just sold it for $11.5 million dollars. So obviously lots, lots more. So this, I think, is amazing in in many different ways. Not that one should, you know, get entertainment in any way out of of any kind of divorce or this kind of proceeding. But imagine what a win this is for Angelina. First of all, quite interesting that Winston Churchill painted it. I didn't know that. And, And now obviously it's worth quite a lot of money. But this is like such a triple whammy or quadruple whammy. I don't even know how many whammies this is from Angelina onto Brad. Because one, it's like, you gave me this gift. I don't like it. I'm getting rid of it. Two, it's like this is actually painted by Winston Churchill, you know, a former, uh, well, still currently a British figurehead and hero. And she's like, I, I don't really care about that. So respect. Three, she's making so much money from it. And, sorry, no, three, it cost him $3 million. Four, she sold it for like almost 12. So it's like, not only do I not have this gift that I that you gave me, I actually have loads of money that I'm going to spend on other things. Maybe spend on men. I might buy some, I might buy some men. Have already get have relations with men with his money, so that's a big win for Angelina. They're not keeping score, but if they were, or maybe they are keeping score. That's at least 12, 12 points. Twelve points to Jolie. Next story, next news piece of news, I should say. So Empire reporting here some casting for an upcoming TV series. So Nicole Kidman, Cynthia Evrio, Merritt Weaver, and Alison Brie are all on board for the new mini mini series called Roar which is an adaptation of a series of short stories by Cecilia Hearn. Come on, Ireland! For Apple TV. So, one, I just think that's a good, that's great casting. And two, Cecilia Hearn. This is so interesting for me because one thing I find so fascinating in life are, are people that are biologically related that are, like, very successful in, in very different areas. So, Cecilia Hearn, her father, whatever you might say about him, was evidently very successful as former teacher Bertie Ahern, and yet she is a very, fam- very successful uh, author. So, I mean, relatively disparate areas, yet both very successful. Another famous one, also Irish, which I enjoy, is Sharon Horgan, comedian, writer, actress, uh, creative catastrophe in different series, is the brother of Shane Horgan, Irish rugby legend, one might say. Very interesting, like, that they, that they can achieve so much. Bloody, extremely talented families. Share it around, guys. No need for that monopolization on talent. Share it around, please. But, yep, interesting to see. I'll be probably checking that out when it comes out, whenever it does. Cynthia Evrio, or Evo, I should say, sorry. In another bit of casting news, she was cast alongside Joseph Gordon-Levitt for Pinocchio. The I believe that's going to be a live action, combination of live action and CG for Disney. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, his name makes me snore. He's so boring. Yet I decided to include him in the news this week. But yeah, is he? He's playing Jiminy Cricket as well. Oh, I cringe. I advance cringe. 
uh, I don't know I just find them really boring and uh, I don't know Jimmy Cricket like well I mean I watch it but this last piece of casting news Melissa McCarthy has joined the cast of Thor Love and Thunder so the that would be the fourth Thor film Melissa McCarthy of course of Bridesmaids and many many smash hit films and TV series I loved Thor Ragnarok the third Thor film because it was just completely different to the previous ones it was funny they brought on Taika Waititi of what we do in the shadows and Jojo Rabbit after that yeah he's also directing the next one which is bringing back Natalie Portman and rumours that she would take over the role of Thor and Melissa McCarthy would be in it so interesting I would definitely be watching that's the news was it good was it bad let me know get in touch movies and a rap at gmail.com and movies and a rap on the Instagram guys are gonna get so sick of me saying that but I'm gonna keep saying it let's go to the next section movie and TV reviews Reviews. Reviews. Okay, reviews time. First up, the film I Care A Lot. I mentioned it last week. Rosamund Pike is the start, or played the lead role. It's on Amazon Prime and she won the Golden Globe for Best Actress for Musical Comedy for it. I enjoyed it a lot. So one thing I've tried to do recently, I, I actually didn't mean to do that. I care a lot. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> I wonder am I the first person to do that? No, probably not. I what I've What I've tried to do a lot in the last couple of years, not tried to do, but it just happens and I enjoy it, is to not know or to know as little about the plot as possible. Sometimes, preferably nothing. And so I knew that this is something to do with like conservatorship, if that's the right word, of, of you know, older people who can no longer laugh, look after themselves and they're put in charge, in, uh, the state is put in charge of their care. And it's something to do with that and then some kind of nefarious doings of people benefiting from that. And I won't reveal any more of the plot, but there were just some interesting developments that I didn't really see coming. And I enjoyed it. I mean, it was a bit silly. Like, it's a bit too on the nose in terms of like how much they're painting them to be villains. Like, there's all these like doctors and lawyers and people involved that like all are evidently in on it and like, not even there's not even a, a hint of like complication about them being bad people it's like they all kind of smile at each other and like oh we just reeled in another one <laughs> and it's no uh, it's very it's kind of very two-dimensional but it was enjoyable i enjoyed it good performance from rosamund pike good performances all around and entertaining so three stars not not amazing but but yep it was entertaining i enjoyed it so yep check it out if you want to do that the next thing that i've been watching over the past week i just watched two episodes is Behind Her Eyes, the series on Netflix. Also, something that I didn't want to know too much about the plot, and I didn't, and I won't reveal too much, but it's, yeah, it's about, it's a kind of, I don't know, it's a kind of, yeah, psychological thriller about this woman who gets involved in a mar- in a marriage, like she's kind of sleeping with the boss or, or a, a psychologist who's also married. The reason why I found it interesting was because Eve, Lo- Eve Hewson is in it, who's Bono's daughter, and I didn't actually know who she was until <laughs> I heard that she was in the series. And then for whatever reason, like, he's so, preeminent in our culture that I, I was like oh well, I have to watch it if it's Bono's daughter I want to see and then I felt like when I was watching I was like it was like she, someone she was someone I know even though obviously I don't like I literally hadn't even heard of her until two weeks ago like when she came on screen I was like oh my god there's Eve there's Eve there's Eve Hewson it's like, it was as if like your friend from school just got in a new big series and you're like oh my god everyone's texting the whatsapp group like oh, did you see oh yeah she's so good <laughs> I literally don't I don't even I didn't know she existed until a couple of weeks ago and like it was just gave me a bit of a thrill I was like go on Eve but yeah no she to be honest not even with any bias she is the best part of the two episodes that I saw she's mysterious kind of mystical quite alluring just in terms of how intense she is this is very strong language i'm using towards her but no she was she's she was very good it hasn't sucked me in as of yet but it hasn't it hasn't gotten its claws deep into my skin as of yet but um but i'll give it another few episodes so again it's kind of a three-star situation 
but I will continue watching for Eve and for uh, and I hear it gets it gets it does get a bit cranky. Cranky? <laughs> what does cranky mean? <laughs> Play tell. I will watch to see if it gets cranky. And the last thing that I watched to any reasonable extent over the last week was Irish First Dates. First Dates is back. I love First Dates. I think it's one of the best shows ever. Well, certainly one of the best reality shows ever. It's such a good concept. It works in multiple different countries. So if you want to watch it set in a different country, you can. That was that was meant to come out as more uh, like cerebral than than it did. But I just love it. It's it's like it's obviously people ever on dates and that's the whole point but it's main the reason i enjoy it is because it's like it's you're seeing how people interact with each other and you get to hear people's backstories and it, it hits so many different emotional notes like a lot of the time it's funny and mainly a lot of the time cringing or other times it was funny and like i love when a new person comes on and you you wonder like how okay what are they what kind of type of person is this and then you see the person they're put with and you're like oh jesus and then a lot of the times they match so well it's like the, you find them talking to each other and then they always i mean obviously that's the goal that you match people match with people that you have common interests but um geez they do a bloody good job like there can't be it's a small nation like they can't there can't be that many people that have applied like maybe a couple of thousand and yet they still of those manage to find some people that have very niche interests and things that they look for in people and then they they match them with those people that said i'm not really watching it for the dates as i said it's the people watching and it's it's the interaction it's kind of like come dine with me like I absolutely love coming down with me for that exact reason, like seeing the people talk to each other, and that's the whole entertainment. And like, what, like, what kind of individuals you get on, and how they interact. And uh, you're obviously not watching it for the cooking. I mean, that's. I actually think I think my cooking has gotten worse by just watching so much come down with me. It's that. It's like the the level is that bad. And I I ain't no Gordon Ramsay, but it's not like that's not what you're there for. You're there for you're there for everything else. So yeah, first dates like it's pushing five stars, guys. It's four, but like you get the odd episode where it's like, OMG, OMG, it's good. So four stars, certainly. Next section. What's new, Pussycat? New releases, that is. What's new? Okay, what's new? Okay, what's new? In this section, I give you my top picks of what's coming to streaming or what has come to streaming over the last week. And we're going to stick just to Prime and Netflix this time. Start with Amazon Prime. Coming to America, the sequel to Coming to America, the Eddie Murphy film, is the big release on Prime in the last week. Apparently not amazing. I actually haven't even seen the original, but one thing I have watched recently, which assuredly is, by all accounts, a lot better than Coming to America with a number two, was Dolomite is my name on Netflix, also starring Eddie Murphy. Very, very good. He plays his socks off and it's quite funny. So Coming to America with the number two, apparently not great, but you can find better on Netty. Um, but that's only with regards to Eddie Murphy but with other films I'm telling you Prime is creeping up on Netflix like Nettie she does not have the monopoly that she once did like she obviously has way more in terms of original content but in terms of like good films listen listen to these things that have come on to Prime White Chicks (laughs) well by good films I mean films that we like to watch I mean some might say White Chicks is a bad film but I think it's good also you know that like what's so random how that scene has become so iconic where Terry Crews is, turns in the car and goes na 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 and I need you na 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 and I miss you to that Vanessa Carson Thousand Miles song or whatever it is how do the, how do things become iconic no one really knows but that certainly has random next thing speaking of iconic series of unfortunate events the original film or the original with Jim Carrey that's something that I think is iconic and I've I actually still to this day quote lots of things from and I don't know if people know it as much as I do because we used to watch it all the time when, when we were younger, especially 
I would regularly say to people, well, hello, hello, hello. And then I think people just think I'm being really weird, which will not be, you know, outside the realms of possibility. But that's always a good watch. It's actually a good rewatch as well. I watched it again recently. And yeah, but also on Prime, double Leonardo DiCaprio, Inception and Shutter Island. Both really good. Both 2010, if I if my memory serves me correctly. Maybe Shutter Island's 2009. But yeah, really good watches. And then Nettie, we've got Moxie is the big original release. So that is a coming of age film directed by Amy Poehler, comedy also from Amy Poehler of Parks and Rec. Uh, it's supposed to be quite good. I will probably actually be watching that this weekend. And But also added Training Day, the film for which Denzel Washington won Best Actor Oscar in 2001, I think, where he plays a corrupt cop with Ethan Hawke. Amazing film, one of my favourites. And Crazy Stupid Love, just entertaining. That's on Netflix now. Uh, I think it's been on it before. Maybe it dipped off and came back on, but it was added again last week. Entertaining and hilarious. So I would definitely check that out. So let's finish that up and go to our final section. Now it's time for a wrap. No, seriously. No, I'm serious. It's wrap time. It is rap time. The music this week comes from an artist named Ketza. The song is Sun Inside. And as always, the music from the podcast intro comes from an artist named Sixth Sense. And that's the Do What It Do instrumental with a few movies in a rap um, <laughs> stuck in there. If you know of any instrumentals that you think would be good to use, please send them in. I'm always on the lookout. And yep, yeah, let's do this. <clears throat> How you do, how you be Bingeing Bono's daughter like it's killing Eve Take your drink, not for me I'll sink one on the 9th of April, man, you best be free Hey, what's up? What's the plan? You can keep your Goldman Sachs, cause bitch, I'm Superman Excuse my French, but I'm in France I'm gonna take you to the club and then watch sexy dance Hey. Oh, what's it gonna be? Disney, Nettie, Apple TV. I don't give a flip, it's plain to see that all I wanna watch is come down with me. Hey, oh, let's get funky. Put a little music on, let's get cronky. Showbiz leaks are back next week with special guest Angelina Jolie. Thank you very much. This has been Movies on a Wrap. I hope you've enjoyed. Another week down, another evening. I'm sitting here like, what is this? <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to get in touch, as always, it's moviesonarap at gmail.com. Or movies on a wrap on at movies on a wrap on Instagram. Um, that's it for me. Thank you very much, and see you next time.